0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Welcome to The Vineyard. We're so glad that you're with us this weekend, whether this is your church home or you're new here. Thanks for spending some time with us. You know, aren't moms amazing? They really are, and I just have to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the house, but we also want to say Happy Mother's Day to those joining us in Sullivan and Bloomington Normal and, of course, online. And this is just your friendly reminder to bless your mother this weekend. Okay, I actually want to tell you a story of something that happened on Mother's Day 39 years ago. And this story actually had a deep impact on you whether you know it or not. And we've been in this series called Kingdom Impact, where we've been unpacking the truth that Jesus wants us to live like him in this broken world. So let me tell you this story of John and Carol Wimber. They were a young couple in Southern California who had planted a church in Yorba Linda, and they were making an incredible kingdom impact on their community. Their church was growing, they were seeing incredible things happen, but they were hungry for more of the Holy Spirit. And I am going to read to you an account of what happened when they did partner with the Holy Spirit and they followed his leading. And Carol wrote about this in a book that chronicles some of the history of our movement. This is what she writes. Now Lonnie Frisbee made John nervous. He made us all nervous. But John thought the Lord was telling him to ask Lonnie to speak to give his testimony on the following Sunday night, our third anniversary as a church. It was May 11th, 1980, Mother's Day. John opened the service saying only a few words about Lonnie being used in the Jesus People movement, and then he introduced him, but he stayed up on the platform behind his keyboard the whole time Lonnie spoke, within reach, should anything goofy occur. Lonnie was articulate, profound, and funny, and John's fears were put to rest as he enjoyed Lonnie with everyone else. That was until the end. After the hilarious applause, John, full of good cheer, made a move to get up from the keyboard to take the mic and close the meeting. But he wasn't fast enough. While John was yet planning the closing words, Lonnie was asking everyone under 25 to come forward. Since this was almost the entire congregation of 1,500 people, everyone just crowded forward until you couldn't squeeze sideways. Then he did his famous and favorite prophetic invitation. The church has, for years, Grieved the Holy Spirit. Pregnant pause. But he's getting over it. Shouting now. Come Holy Spirit. Everyone was shouting and you couldn't hear anything. But the roar of the crowd as hundreds were filled with the Holy Spirit at the same time. Shouting in tongues. The chairs were falling over and people were falling on top of the fallen chairs. The leaders that could still function were shouting at one another. And it was complete pandemonium. Others were shouting to get out of there. Young Tom Pfeiffer fell face down. He pulled the microfo- microphone down under him, and if we ever entertained the thought of keeping any kind of reputation of respectability, it went up to the ceiling of that gymnasium along with Tim's voice as he shouted uncontrollably in tongues with the volume turned all the way up because someone had crashed into the soundboard. John was paralyzed, caught in mid-motion. As he reached for the mic, I couldn't tell if the look on his face was profound wonder or sheer terror. Others and myself started wading through the fallen bodies assessing the situation. I met John somewhere in the pile and I told him, I think this is the Lord. After all, haven't we been praying for power, for ministry? This is it, John. He gazed at me with some sort of stunned, faraway expression. John's senses were still functioning, though, no matter how deeply he was in shock, because he heard very clearly the Bibles slam shut and saw just as clearly those same people stomp furiously out of the gym, Some never to be seen by us again. I know we repopulated the French church with horrified ex-vineyard members. That's fine, that's only fair. John did not sleep at all that night. He stayed up with his books on church history and revivals and studied and prayed. And about five in the morning, Tommy Stipe, who was a vineyard pastor from Denver, Colorado, called and said, I don't know what's going on, John, but the Lord woke me up and told me to call you and tell you it's him. Does that make sense? God bless Tom Stipe. When John came down to our offices the next morning, there was a contingency of unhappy staff members waiting for him. He listened to their complaints, legitimate complaints. They had been up the whole night too, and I'll never forget what he said. He removed his glasses and leaned forward and spoke very softly but very clearly, I understand how you feel. What happened last night may result in people leaving, but there is something you need to understand about me if we are to continue to work together. If there is ever a choice between the smart thing to do and the move of the Holy Spirit, I will always land on the side of the Spirit. You need to know that. And it was a defining moment in the vineyard, and it's etched indelibly in my memory, and our church was altered by this outpouring of the Spirit. A revival broke out among the young people. We took it to the school campuses in the area, and Bible studies started popping up all over the place, and our attendance hit 2,000 people. Talk about kingdom impact. You see, this is our history. This is our heritage. When the Holy Spirit shows up, the kingdom comes, and we are called to be a people who have a kingdom impact on the world. John and Carol Wimber would go on to become not only a vineyard, but they would come. On, they would lead the movement until John's death a movement of now 2,500 churches around the world who are commissioned to change the world through making an impact with the kingdom. So it's great news. We're learning to live like Jesus in this broken world, and that's what our series has been about. And this is the invitation from Jesus. Come, join me. Let's do this together. And I think that many of us feel excited about that, and yet at the same time, is anyone asking the question, how do we actually do this? how do I actually partner with the Holy Spirit? Because here's the truth, we cannot make anything happen on our own. I cannot bring the kingdom, you cannot bring the kingdom. I can't heal people, you can't heal people, but we know who can. It is only through partnership with Holy Spirit that we are going to be actually able to bring the kingdom into the world. And this partnership is actually modeled for us by Jesus himself with his relationship with the Father. And so I want you to turn right now to John 5.19 because this is what Jesus talks about how he operated with his Father and it's actually how we're supposed to now operate with the Holy Spirit. John 5.19 says this, I speak to you timeless truth. I just love that. The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own initiative I only do the works that I see the Father doing, for the Son does the same works as his Father. What does this statement mean? What does this verse mean? You know, Jesus is saying that actually he can't do things outside of partnership with the Father. It's only in cooperation with the Father that he can release the kingdom around him. This is a stunning statement because we believe that Jesus is fully God and fully man and yet when Jesus was here on earth, he put aside his divine privileges and he lived like a man. He learned to attune his heart and his ears to what his Father was doing and then he partnered with the Father. This is exactly what we are supposed to do as kingdom people. We're going to partner with the Holy Spirit. I can't change the world. You can't change the world. But when we are in partnership with Holy Spirit, we can and we will change the world. Jesus isn't asking us to do this without him. So here's the good news. God has defeated the enemy. And our job now come, becomes to enforce the victory that Jesus has actually One, he's inviting us into this incredible partnership. You know, God's inviting us into this adventure that's more than just living a good life and and having a few good stories and doing what we want to do. Rather, it's a life of transformation and change where we're equipped and empowered through this partnership. But still, I think we're asking, okay, so kind of like, what's the problem? Well, I believe that the problem is this. We don't know how to partner we feel inadequate. We feel helpless. Frankly, we feel powerless. The problems of the world, not to mention the problems that are just in my own life, they keep me stuck in the mundane. They keep me stuck in the nitty gritty and the details. It's like I don't even have eyes to see the ways that I could partner. We're busy. We're distracted. We're stressed. You know, the kingdom, it feels like something that other people can do. Other people can have kingdom impact, but I can't have kingdom impact. Or maybe you've tried to partner with Holy Spirit, and honestly, you've just been kind of discouraged at the lack of results. Or like your Belinda, you, the story of of John Wimber and Carol, the thought of partnering with something that feels out of your control is scary. And so you have actually not engaged in this process of partnership. Make no mistake, there is no kingdom ministry without the Holy Spirit. And so we have to ask the question who is the Holy Spirit? And actually, how does He empower us to partner with Him? And so that's what we're going to unpack today. So, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, simply put, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force or a thing or a ghost, He's God. We believe that, uh, that he is part of the Trinity and that we believe in a three-in-one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ who's been poured out on all people, empowering us to live the Christian life. And we love the Holy Spirit here. In fact, we teach and preach a lot on the Holy Spirit and we have an amazing resource called Hello Holy Spirit. It was a book written by my, pa- my mom, Di Laman, and it's available in our bookstore. We want you to know who the Holy Spirit is because the more you know him, the easier it's going to be to partner with him. Because he has a lot of different roles in our lives. But today, specifically, I wanna look at his role in empowering us with supernatural gifts. Because it's through these supernatural gifts that we're gonna learn true partnership. You see, in order for us to begin this journey of learning how to partner, we first have to learn to discern and understand that God is always moving in our midst. He's always doing things. And we need to learn to look for the ways that he is manifesting. And so I'm gonna turn us now to 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm gonna unpack a a passage here that has often caused confusion for us. This is a passage in which Paul is gonna talk about the spiritual realm and partnering with God. And so you're gonna wanna turn to 1 Corinthians 12, And I'm going to pick up in verse 4 and read a little bit. This is what it says. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Paul is saying something really important in this passage, and it's so easy to like read past it and not unpack it. In verses four through six, did you catch that Paul actually discussed three different categories of ways God-empowered activity in our life? He talked about the gifts of the Spirit, he talked about the services of the Lord, and he talked about God-empowered activity of the Father, So he breaks it down into these three categories. But then when he goes to verse 7, he says something so important that we catch. He says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, this language is so important because what we see here is that every single person has been given the manifestations of the Spirit for the common good. Now, manifestations, it's not a word that I use a lot. Maybe you use it a lot. But I'm going to go ahead and define it for us. So manifestations are ways that the Spirit shows up to partner with us. And then in verses 8 through 11, Paul unpacks different ways that the Holy Spirit manifests. And actually, we're going to go through that later on in the message. But what happens is so often we discount ourselves out of partnership because we believe that we haven't been given the Spirit. We believe we haven't been given the manifestations of the spirit and so we don't even believe that we're qualified to partner. But what Paul is saying here is that everyone has been given the manifestations of the spirit and it's not for you. Who's it for? The common good. And so our job begins to be, okay, Holy Spirit, how are you manifesting? How are you showing up? And how can I partner with you? Let me give you an illustration. So, the other day, my friend was at the grocery store and she saw her favorite bagger. His name is Andy. And normally, Andy's like super friendly and chipper. And that day, when she walked in, she sees him and she says, Hi, Andy. And Andy barely acknowledges her. And so she feels the Holy Spirit showing up and manifesting. And she says, Andy, are you okay? And he goes, No. My mom was diagnosed with cancer. I'm feeling completely hopeless and overwhelmed. And my friend, sensing the spirit manifesting, grabbed his hand and simply said, can I pray for you right now? And right there in the grocery store, prayed a very simple prayer of healing for his mother and encouragement and peace over him. And then she let go of his hand and she got her groceries. This is kingdom impact. You see, this is actually what we're all called to do. Now... Some of us might be thinking, that's a great story, but like that will never happen to me because I'm not gifted. I'm not gifted to hear the Father. I'm not gifted to be a healer. And this is where we've actually misunderstood 1 Corinthians 12. We've read through that passage and we've thought, well, I can't pray for healing because I'm not a healer. Or I can't give a a word of prophecy because I'm not a prophet. And what we've actually misunderstood is what Paul is trying to say here. There's different categories. There's different levels of giftedness. But in verse 7, he makes it clear. To each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And actually, Putty unpacks this beautifully in Kingdom Impact. And I don't have the time to continue to, to teach on it. But I think we need to stop using the excuse that we don't have the Spirit. When we say yes to Jesus, we do have the Spirit. Now, we do need to learn to recognize what he's doing, and then we have to choose to partner with him, but we have each been given the spirit, and that is the good news of the kingdom. You know, once we understand, okay, we've been given the spirit, I think it's so tempting then to want to know the formula. Is anyone else like a formula person? I love formulas, like, okay, now give it to me. How do I get this to happen in my life all the time? And so we start to ask, okay, how can I get the kingdom to break through? How can I, you know, bring healing and hope and, and forgiveness to all these situations that I happen to be in in my life? And we can be so tempted to ask for a formula, but here's the truth. God doesn't give us a formula. Instead, he gives us mic. Oh, and I'm back. <laughs> he gives us himself. So instead of a formula, it's a friendship. You see, the pressure is off to perform. Because you're not filling a quota for God. You're in a relationship with a loving father who actually wants to speak and he's moving all around you and he's speaking all the time and our job is to listen and then to obey. And so the pressure is off to perform. This is a friendship, not a formula. The spirit does not speak on his own authority. He speaks what he hears the father saying. It goes back to, 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 to John 5:19, right? In the same way that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, we only do what we see the Spirit doing. And so we have to then learn, how do we recognize what the Spirit is doing? And that perfectly leads me to our next point. Because the very first step that we want to do is we want to partner with God in the present moment. We want to partner with God in the present moment. And in order to do that, we must start, the biblical starting point is something called being filled with the Spirit. Now, when we look in the Bible, we see that actually this is kind of a prerequisite to the kingdom ministry happening in our lives. And it's not just a one-time thing. This is not something that is one and done. This is something that actually happens all throughout our life and all throughout our relationship with Jesus. But can I just be honest? The church has done so much damage in this whole area of are you filled with the Spirit? Because we've commonly thought of it as I'm either filled or I'm empty, right? And so it automatically divides people, it, it causes people, there, there's tension like, Well, are you filled or are you not filled? And suddenly there's superiority and there's confusion and people feel really hurt. And so I think we actually need to look at the definition of what does it mean to be filled by the Spirit? Because here's the truth. When you say yes to Jesus, the Spirit of Christ comes to live in you and you have the Spirit. But there is a difference between being filled and the Spirit not being activated in your life. And so I'm actually going to use this illustration. This is a snow globe, Now, it's hard to think about Christmas when the weather's nice like this, but around the holidays, surely you've seen a snow globe before. You know, usually it's like a Christmas scene, um, and then it's enclosed in glass, and there's water, and then in here are little tiny white, you know, probably plastic specks that are supposed to simulate snow. Now, right now, is there actually snow in this snow globe? There is, but it's settled at the bottom. Now, what happens is as I begin to shake this snow globe up, you see that the snow suddenly fills the space. So the question isn't, is this filled or emptied?" It's, is it settled or stirred? And so this is what it's like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, where he permeates every part of our lives, where he changes us, where he empowers us in a way that we can actually be the person we were always created to be. Let me tell you a story. So my husband, Mike, was raised in an amazing Christian home, wonderful parents, went to church every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday, became a Christian at like the tender age of five. He's known Jesus his whole life, but when we first started dating... I wasn't 100% sure that he understood the power of the Holy Spirit. So I did what any good layman child would do. I was an alpha leader at the time, and I told him to be my alpha helper. Because I knew that in the alpha class, you were going to have Holy Spirit Day. A day dedicated to discovering who the Holy Spirit was and filling people up. Well, wouldn't you know, at Holy Spirit Day, we're praying for someone in our group to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, I hear someone praying out in tongues, and I open up my eyes, and I see that the man that I really want to marry is speaking in tongues, and I'm like, yes! You're so welcome. You're so welcome. I knew I could marry him, and truthfully, his life has never been the same. Because this is what happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to be stirred up. (laughs) This is what happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to be stirred up. He changes everything. And that was just one of many times Mike's been filled with the Spirit. But do you know what was activated in him during that time? True kingdom partnership. Where suddenly he realized the Spirit was all around him. He began giving words and praying for people. And his whole life was honestly changed. And this is the way it works in our lives. That when the Holy Spirit is stirred up in us... Suddenly, we're empowered to see the world in a completely different way. Now, again, sometimes this causes division because we've thought of it as empty or full instead of stirred or settled. And we've also, sometimes people will say, well, I don't know if I've actually ever had that experience. Well, this is the good news. The Bible's clear. We are to have this experience over and over and over again. And later today, don't worry, it's exactly what we're going to do. Because you see, God wants us to actually experience the infilling of his spirit and not just experience it mentally. We are actually supposed to experience it emotionally and physically and spiritually. And this is why when the Holy Spirit comes on us and and stirs in us, we shouldn't be surprised that some of these gifts come out. Tongues, weeping, shaking, um, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, freedom during worship where the scales fall off your eyes and you read your Bible afresh because this is the way, one of the ways that he loves to empower us for partnership as we allow him to stir his spirit up within us. This is how he loves to partner with us. So, okay, the first step is this infilling. So the second step is what? Well, again, we're learning to live like Jesus in a broken world, and I love what Matthew ten eight says. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. So this is how we're going to partner. We're going to freely receive, and then we're going to freely give away. We're going to freely receive, and then we're going to freely give away. You see, this manifestation of the Spirit, it's for the common good. And so you're going to first experience it, and then you're going to extend it. This is what we want to do The Holy Spirit's presence is sometimes described as the dancing hand of God. I want you to think about it. Isn't that an awesome picture? The dancing hand of God. And so our job as Christ followers is to begin to learn to discern the ways that the Holy Spirit is moving and working all around us. Because in my experience, what I found is actually the Holy Spirit is often moving and there's a lot more God activity in our lives than we realize, but we haven't trained ourselves to recognize it. And so, and so we're kind of just like walking around in the dark instead of having the tools to know. And how blessed are we to have the School of Kingdom Ministry in this house, a worldwide training program, that one of their main jobs is to train people to understand the kingdom and how the kingdom's working all around. And the class just finished, but this fall, another class will start, and right now is the best time to start thinking about taking that. You see, we want to train ourselves so that we can see where the Father's moving, and then we can partner with him. Okay, so let's go back to these manifestations for a minute, because we can break them down into three kind of categories. And again, Putty unpacks this beautifully in Kingdom Impact, Chapter 7. And so you can go back and you can reference there. But I want to take a little bit of time to talk about these three different ways that the Spirit commonly manifests, and then how we can partner with him. So the first type is revelation manifestations. And this is when we have the mind of God, okay? So this is when we we have access to things like words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits. You see, not every thought you have in your head is your own thought. We actually believe that the Holy Spirit, he actually wants you to know and recognize his voice. And the way that this works is that It's so different for every person, it's hard to say here is the exact formula because some people are visual. Some people, they feel things actually in their body. Others, they might see a word or have just a deep feeling or during a casual conversation. But can I say this? It is so important that we realize that we don't have to be perfect in this process. In fact, this is why small group is so good because it's a group of people that you can make mistakes on all the time and they'll still love you. It's a true story. You can practice in your small group, giving words of knowledge and words of wisdom so that when you're out in the street where the meat really is, you're empowered and have confidence to actually bring God's word into someone's life. Let me give you an example of how this worked one time for me. So one time I had taken my kids to the park because they were crazy and they needed to get some energy out. And so they're running around, and this other mom comes with some kids, and I was kind of like sensing, I kind of felt like the Holy Spirit said, go talk to her. And I was thinking, relational evangelism. I'm totally going to kill two birds with one stone, my kids are getting exercise, and I'm partnering with Jesus. So I go over to her, and I try to strike up this conversation, and I kind of pride myself on getting people to be, be able to open up about their lives. But man, this woman was like Fort Knox. I mean, I tried all my normal stuff, but man, nothing. And suddenly, I got a really sharp tooth pain. And I'm like, it's a word of knowledge. She has a toothache, I'm gonna pray for her, God's gonna heal her. So I say to her, do you have a toothache? And she looks at me with mild disgust and says, no. And I was like, oh, okay, hey kids, time to go. (laughs) And I left and I went home and discovered that I needed to go to the dentist because I had a cavity that had gone bad. I tell you this story to tell you, you don't have to be perfect as you partner with the Holy Spirit. You have the power and you have the permission, but you have to choose to partner. And you have to choose to take a risk even if you look foolish. Because that's what this kingdom thing is about. Being infilled with the Holy Spirit and then freely giving it away even if you're wrong sometimes. You don't have to be afraid. Jesus wants to partner with you. The actual, the the win in that was not By actual, you know, asking her, it was the obedience to listen to him in the instruction. Let's not get hung up on the results. Okay. Secondly, it's the inspiration, uh, inspiration manifestations. This is when the Holy Spirit, when He uh, empowers us to be like the mouth of God, where He puts His very words in our mouth, and this is when we prophesy over one another, where where we experience different kinds of tongues, where we have interpretation of tongues. And if we want to learn to be the mouthpiece of God, we have to stop letting the words flow from our minds and start flowing from our spirits. Because you see, this is a spirit empowered activity. Prophecy has the power to change history. And so, if we want to learn to partner in this, we actually have to let go of the fact that every prophecy might not be perfect. Hear me say over and over again this whole partnership is not about performance, it's not about perfection. It's simply about obedience. And so that's what we want to foster here. We want to actually be obedient when we feel like God's giving us a word for someone that we can actually then speak that out in faith. And sometimes that's really scary. You know, one thing I've noticed is I often am in situations where I just feel totally overwhelmed. Anyone else? Like, I am underqualified, I don't know what I'm doing. And what I have found is that one of the ways the Holy Spirit loves to manifest in my life during those times is spontaneously I find myself speaking in tongues. I'm about to have a hard conversation. I'm driving somewhere and I see a near accident. I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed. Suddenly the gift of tongues is right there manifesting and I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, you're here. You're going to help me now we don't believe you have to speak in tongues to be a christian we just believe it's a gift that the holy spirit wants to empower us with you know the holy spirit he sometimes does some crazy things but i love what our sullivan family says they said that the holy spirit is more good than weird and i think there's no better statement than that more good than weird and the last category is the demonstration manifestations This is actually when we become the hand of God. And oftentimes, this is the the category in which people feel the most unqualified, unworthy. It it requires risk because there's faith and there's gifts of healing and there's working of miracles. And I think sometimes we even overcomplicate this demonstration. We think, well, it has to be this or it has to be that. But let me tell you a story of someone in my life who experienced a demonstration manifestation So I have a friend who's a a public school teacher, and so he can't do a lot of overtly Christian things in his profession, but he felt like the father said to him, I want to partner with you this year, and every Thursday I want you to pray over your classroom. And I just, you're going to see how we're going to work together. And so this teacher did, and truth be told, not much happened that year. And it was the last Thursday of the year, and he was actually feeling kind of discouraged and Slightly complaining to God about this setup they'd had when a former student shows up in his door. Now, this student is dressed in anime from head to toe, and she's alternative. She has a lot of brokenness in her, in her life. And, and she says to the teacher, hey, I, I wanted to tell you before the end of the year that I study auras. And you have the most incredible, br- brilliant yellow aura in your classroom it's so amazing that I, I have a bad day or I have a bad thought or I've had a bad class and I come and I stand by your door so that I feel better. And I just want to tell you, thanks for, thanks for like stewarding your aura for me. And the teacher was like, oh, you're, you're welcome, you're welcome. And so when the student left, he quickly hopped on Google because he wanted to see what was the spiritual significance of what this girl was trying to say. And when he Googled it, he discovered that yellow auras... Represent spiritual awakening, joy, peace, hope, all of these incredible kingdom characteristics. Now, was the girl a little confused about what she was feeling? She was. But my friend was not when he heard the father say, Don't you ever underestimate my power or our partnership. You see, this is what the father wants to do. He wants to partner with each and every one of us. And so often we discount ourselves, we don't realize we have the spirit. Or we think to ourselves, well, I'm I'm not special. I'm not clay or putty or dye. I, I can't do this. Guess what? The gifts, they're not mine. They're his. And each of us have access to them. Because each of us have been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The question is, will we choose to partner with Holy Spirit by first receiving and then freely giving away? You know, I love to start my morning every morning by just opening my eyes and saying, Hello, Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh today. And then I want to ask one simple question What are we doing today? The Holy Spirit wants to partner with you, He wants to empower you. We are to be kingdom people who make an impact on this world. And the question is Will you join Him? Well, Jesus, we want to join you. We want to be filled afresh today so that we can give away. God, we thank you that you have poured out your spirit on men and women to then do the kingdom work that you've called us to. And so right now, we just invite more of your presence to come into this place, into this room, Father. We give you now our worship, because you are worthy, God. You are worthy of this life, God. You are worthy of our time. And we thank you, God, for this holy call to partnership with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.